Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, wanted to let you know an update on something that I told you about, an absolute Clark rage involving Verizon ripping off teachers and students. No other cell phone carrier doing any foolishness like that. And I'll fill you in on what Verizon has decided to do after a wave of negative publicity. And coming up yet later, multi-level marketing organizations. I got to tell you, I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life selling this, that, or the other. I've got some update for you, some information you need to know before you get sucked in to any multi-level marketing organization. I want to talk to you right now about why this is one of the great bargain times of the year. A lot of stuff is a real deal right now because, well, people are shopped out from the whole Christmas shopping season. And there are a number of things that become a deal this time of year. There's a lot of fuss about the cruise industry and what used to be called Wave Week and is now called Wave Season. And when it's as cold as it's going to be in so much of the Midwest and eastern part of the country over the next uh, about 40 or so hours, a lot of people are going to think, wow, going to the Caribbean on a cruise, that sounds absolutely great. So normally this would be a wonderful time to book, but you may find that uh, according to historical numbers from Cruise Critic, you're going to actually get better deals on cruises in March than you're going to find now. That's just based on historical numbers. And particularly with the extreme cold wave, a lot of people are going to be more motivated to book and may end up paying more than you'll have to later. But there are a lot of really good deals right now. It's just actually going to continue to have a lot of offers over about the next five weeks, six weeks on cruises. I wanted to tell you, we are doing something we have never done before. We have an exclusive with Costco that if you're not a member, you can uh, join and get a $20 Costco cash card, making your net cost of membership 40 instead of 60 And you can see the link for that at Clark Deals. And today, there's a deal from Fry's Electronics, if you live in a Fry's market, where they're selling a 4K 50-inch TV for $197. That is extremely inexpensive. You have to sign up with Fry's to get a customer code. Use that code to buy this off-off brand 50-inch TV for $197. Uh, At Clark Deals, we have, circling back to the cruises, we have a summary for you of what each cruise line is offering as their uh, off-the-shelf wave season deals in addition to a lot of other electronics deals and other things that are on sale today, including the info you need 
to get that special deal from Costco. Blake is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Blake. Clark, how are you? Great. Thank you, Blake. Uh, You unfortunately lost your grandma. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to getting your perspective and insight on this on this topic. So thank you. Sure. How can I serve you? What's the specific situation you're trying to decide? Yeah. So so, um, so I was the executor of the will. Um, and as I'm finishing everything up, she didn't have much money, but she had uh, her greatest asset, which was in her house. Um, it is it's in a it's a pretty good area uh, in terms of market ability. Um, and she uh, she owes about one thirty on the property. Um, the property's probably selling anywhere from two thirty uh, to two fifty, just depending on you know timing. Uh, and I'm struggling with um, you know do I do I keep the house and rent it long term um, or, or do I sell it and take the cash and reinvest it somewhere else? Um, a little backdrop: I, I have I have seven rental properties, uh, but they're we're with our partner, so it's fifty fifty. And this one would be my first. Uh, that's solely property. yours solely mine and so the headache and everything else that comes with it um i'm i'm 36 years old and i have a very young family and a very busy career i um, mean so so there is a such thing as opportunity cost that come along with this as well and so so i'm struggling with with both sides um i, I see the benefit of each and i uh, just wanted to get your insight on it all right so let's first talk about the practicality as uh executor and as the person inheriting this property you have to pay off the mortgage under what's known as the it's known as the due on sale clause. But because of your grandmother's passing, you have to pay the mortgage. I do. Yeah, so you have to pay that off. Well, so I've, I've contacted the mortgage company. There was no due on sale clause in it. So it's, what? It's, I'm, yeah, so I'm free to refinance the home, or, or I would be an outright purchase in this fact. Um, uh, so from what I've been told through the mortgage company, there, there is nothing that is, um, is, is obligating me to pay it off directly right this second. So That's a shocker. I, I don't think I've ever had that circumstance in the last 15 years. Interesting. So um, I hope that the information you're getting is, in fact, 100 yeah. percent accurate you know in either way I, i'm gonna i'm gonna either uh and, and that's an option as well you know i could i could pay it off um it could rent for 15 1600 dollars a month um or i would just you know purchase the home in my name get get it out from under obviously her name it would be mine and i could leverage that money um and it wouldn't be much cash flow uh, in the short term but you know, i plan on paying it off in the next five years if i were to keep it uh, so i could start you know gaining that income monthly so Right. So um, as to whether or not it makes sense for you to own it, do you have an accountant who helps you with your seven rental properties? Actually, so yeah, my partner is an accountant or is in the accounting line. So he manages the books, which makes it so much easier. All right. Um, So I want you to talk with your partner and your partner may have to do a little bit of research on it, but probably not a lot. I want you to check to see if you get a one-time step up in basis on this property at uh, the time of your grandma's passing. Okay. If you're familiar with what that means, that would mean that for your purposes going uh, forward, for tax reasons, it would be valued at what it was worth at the time of her passing, not what it was at the time she purchased it. Okay. Which is ultra important for you from a tax standpoint down the road when 
you would go sell the property, and in current times, is you would depreciate the property each year. Okay. So if you don't qualify for whatever reason for a one-time step-up in basis, I would sell the property. Okay. And take the chips off the table. If you do qualify for a step-up in basis to current market value, then there'd be a lot of good reasons for you to keep it. Okay. And you do want to proceed with uh, doing the payoff of that loan and having it properly in your name. Okay. All right. So then that brings up the other half of the equation. Do you really want to, the partnership you're in otherwise, you just basically, or it sounds like you're passive in the game and your partner takes care of everything. In this case, you would be actively operating this property yourself. Are you ready to do that? Yeah, that's that's a question I, I wrestle with. Um, it, it's you know, and I, I think my problem um, is not such a bad thing. I think so far in the future, and so I know, you know, I know the benefits of having this long term in terms of tax implications and just the passive income. You know, I I don't want to regret not selling it. Um, I think the other question is: so I do sell it and say I, you know, I net a hundred thousand. Well, what do I do with the money? Um, I don't necessarily need the money. I could continue to invest it and uh, back in stock, but. Um, well, I think that's it. fine. Are you maxing out uh, retirement accounts? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. And uh, unfortunately, I can't, I can't uh, contribute to a, a Roth anymore. And so that's been a point of contention as well. And so, um, you know, with that said, I just I don't want to just have 100000 just to have 100000 I'd love right, to, right. to so, continue to work for me. So you got to, that's a, a question that involves a lot more than I can answer right now, because it depends on what your goals would be for that money. Is it intermediate term money? Is it long term? Is it money for retirement? And so I can't tell you, uh, you get first got to make a decision what you're going to do with keeping the house or, or disposing of it. And then second, you got to really think through your goals and objectives for that 100000 when you would want to access it. And that then informs your decision about how you would invest it moving forward. Tracy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tracy. Hello. Tracy, you're going to yes. be adopting a child you've been fostering? Yes. Yes, we are. Well, what a sweetheart you are. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, there's such a extreme shortage of people available to be foster parents around the country because the number of children in foster care across America has more than doubled in the last six years, I think, because of the drug addiction problem in the country. And mm -hmm. so it's outrun the ability for states to have enough qualified foster parents so that you've stepped into that breach has made a big difference in a life of a child. We hope so. <laughs> well, how can I be of service? Okay, so the young man that we're adopting he's 10 years old already um and he has autism so he's on the autism spectrum um so we're trying to plan for the future on what we need to be setting aside twofold one for him to have money to live on as he gets older hopefully he'll be able to go to a group home when he's an adult um, and then two probably some sort of life insurance for when we pass. That way it doesn't leave the financial burden to our 
birth children that will step up and help. All right. Well, uh, first, the ABLE account is a fantastic outlet for you. Is that on your uh, horizon yet, the ABLE account? I have no idea what that is. So there is a special account called an ABLE that allows people with disabled children, and autism qualifies as one of the standards of disabled, to put aside up to $15,000 each year in a tax-free account that works. It's like a cousin of a 529 college savings account. You can put money in, it grows tax-free, and then use for eligible expenses for a disabled child or adult. The money uh, is spent tax-free. And the 15000 each year does not hurt your uh, soon-to-be-adopted son's eligibility for any governmental assistance that he would be eligible for. Okay. So the ABLE account is really key. The life insurance is amazingly easy for you to set up. What you do is you set up uh, probably a 30-year level-term insurance policy that would cover, uh, you would have two, one for you, one for your husband, that would cover you for most of the remaining um, working lifetime. And you set it up in a trust for benefit for this child, and you appoint as the trustee one of your natural-born children. Okay. And that would be how you would normally handle it. Or at first, you could set up the other parent as the trustee in the event one of you passed away at an untimely stage and then later change it to one of your natural-born children. Okay. So it's, it's actually those two steps give you more financial security than anything else I know you can do with a child who uh, faces disabilities. Is the ABLE account only for, like, medical expenses? or can No, they it's use for it a for variety, variety of purposes okay. and needs. And if you just Google ABLE accounts, you'll see yeah. a lot of information on them. Um, there are good ABLE accounts and bad ABLE accounts. I have some information on Clark.com, how to pick the right ones. Okay. But uh, you don't want to set this up till after the adoption is finalized. Right. And then you set up the account very easily. It takes about 10 minutes to set up an ABLE account. The choices uh, to fund it are very simple. And going with a good ABLE account, the costs are extremely low. I am so excited to share with you an update on a Clark Rageous moment from about two weeks ago. I just went totally ballistic about Verizon Wireless that was being greedy, mean, ugly, and what I referred to as pigs get rich, hogs get slaughtered. Um, Verizon decided to go way past being a pig, and there's a program that schools use called Remind. It's a texting system where teachers can communicate with their students and let them know through text message that, don't forget, we have this quiz, we have this test, don't forget that paper's due, uh, you need to have this signed by your parents, whatever it is. It's a great way for teachers to be able to communicate either individually or in mass to their students, ultra popular in so many school systems. Well, this text messaging thing, Verizon was like, hey, we got all these people hooked on this thing. We're going to gouge them. 
We're going to charge them huge fees to use it. No other cellular provider was doing any such thing, which is especially ironic since having your cellular service with Verizon is far more expensive than it is with other companies. But now after all the publicity of the kind Verizon doesn't like coming from me and so many other sources, Verizon, with its tail between its legs, has backed down and is not going to rip off people whose kids are trying to get an education. So Verizon, you're doing the right thing after doing the wrong thing. I got to give you credit for that. But the reality is you never should have misbehaved in the first place. And it shows that getting the word out there can embarrass a company and make a difference as it did in this case. I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you want great consumer advice? Clark.com is the place. It is time, though, for a rip-off alert. This is a Clark Howard ripoff alert. I want you to be really careful when you get a pitch for getting involved in a multi-level marketing organization. They are something that never seems to go away, and all that changes is what people are pushing at the time. A report from the Federal Trade Commission finds that it is a fraction of 1% of participants in multi-level organizations that ever make a penny of profit. Now, I want you to think about that. Out of every 100 people who get involved in a multi-level marketing organization, less than one will ever make a penny. That's not good odds. Let me compare it to people who start their own small business where the success rate is generally just a little less than half. So in a multi-level, people recruit people who recruit people who recruit people, and you have your downline and your upline and all those lines, and the idea is that as you recruit people, you get commissions on their sales. They recruit somebody they get commissions on the person they recruit, and you get some commissions from both of them and on like that. Well, by the time you figure out the math, either you have to price things at a point that people don't want to buy them as end users most of the time, or you're selling them at a price where the people in the downline and upline and sideline and all that can't ever make any money. Now, the one that is the most polarizing of all in the last five years, probably, is LuLaRue. LuLaRoe. Ooh, I can't even say it right. Um, and LuLaRoe has been so controversial over the years, and now the Attorney General of the State of Washington has filed a, a lawsuit against LuLaRoe saying that the business is a pyramid scheme, an illegal pyramid scheme. And it's based on the fact that people overwhelmingly lose money in it. And, in fact, this is not my word. This is a quote from the Attorney General. LuLaRoe tricked consumers into buying into its pyramid scheme with deceptive claims of high profits 
and refunds for unsold merchandise. Instead, many Washingtonians lost money and were left with piles of unsold merchandise and broken promises from LuLaRoe. It's time to hold LuLaRoe accountable for its deception, end quote. The courts will decide on this. But what I do want to direct you to, look on eBay. There are 300,000 listings for LuLaRoe reps trying to unload merchandise. 300,000. Because with LuLaRoe, you buy a lot of inventory, and then if you, it's not working for you, uh, they promise that it'll be bought back, but again, the allegations are they don't buy it back, and looking on eBay, maybe that's true. But you'll decide. There's a story in the Washington Post that I found fascinating. It's that women's friendships with each other are being harmed or destroyed by women, because most people involved in multi-level marketing are women, not men. Women who really get into one, a woman who really gets into one, it's all she's talking about, thinking about, and all that, and she burns off her friendships trying to recruit people into multi-level marketing organizations. And so be aware of that. Be careful. In fact, the percent of people in multi-level that are women, it's three-quarters of people involved are women. And we've got 18 million people who in some way or another are somehow connected to a multi-level. That's a lot as a percent of the American people. That's a little more than 5% of the American people, and that includes kids when I say that 5%, are involved in some multi-level, but almost none of them are making any money. Just be aware and wary of the pitch you hear from somebody who's ultra-enthusiastic. The tests you should always think about is the way you make money recruiting other people or is the way you make money selling to strangers who want the products at the prices or services at the prices that you're making them available. If all the push, all the fuss is about recruiting other people, then ultimately it will collapse into itself and that would qualify almost certainly as an illegal pyramid, a game of chance. On the other hand, if you really believe in the product, you really believe in the service, whatever it is, and you believe that it is so good and priced so well that absolute strangers will be happy to buy it from you, then that would be the way one of these organizations should function and should work. Gus is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gus. Yeah, how's it going there, Clark? Great. Thank you, Gus. You're looking at getting involved in investing in stocks. Tell me about that. Yeah, I just now recently started looking into it, um, and it's something I would like to do myself. So I didn't know if you if there's any good platforms out there that you recommend. Tell me, wh- what kind of trading are you thinking of doing? Are you thinking of buying small amounts of individual company stock? Or are you looking to buy just a few stocks and put a lot of money into those few? Where are you, where are you in your head about this? Uh, no, you're exactly right. I would like to just, there's like a select few companies I'd like to invest in and probably do, you know, anywhere from say 500 bucks to, you know, a few thousand bucks, but only into a select few, like you're saying. So if you're not going to uh, 
be putting big money into just a few stocks, I'd like for you to look at the trading platform Robinhood. Is okay. that is that, that a was term? One I had in mind. Oh, you were familiar with Robinhood? Yeah, that was one of my options. That that what's nice about that one is there's like you know zero commission and all that for actually for doing a trade. Um, where there was a couple other ones out there, I was looking at where there is a commission, um, and they did have you know like more options, and it looked like they had like some online training for stocks, which I'm sort of interested in, but I just hate the the commission for every time you do a trade. Well, with the Robin with the number is, with the number of stocks you're going to experiment owning. And the amount of money you're going to put at risk in the market, I think you start with Robinhood. And if you Perfect. really find that you are going to be at least part-time, uh, high energy, high involvement into investing, you may find that you outgrow Robinhood and then you want to start trading on a more normal platform, which today usually means you'll have stock trades at about $5 a trade. Correct. Yeah, that's about what I was seeing was five to six bucks. But the thing is, I'm a huge believer in a concept that the, there actually is a guy named Charles Schwab that Charles Schwab developed years ago, which is core and explore, that your first money that you invest should be put into um, index fund type choices where you own uh, thousands of companies little bits of thousands of companies as your base, and then the exploring is when you get involved in buying individual stocks. Because okay. you, you want to be invested in the quote-unquote market first and then narrow in to individual stocks that you'd like to own. Because Okay, so that, that kind of makes it a two-part question for me because uh, I work for a public utility where they offer a 457 plan, that, that I am contributing to, I'm only doing 10%. Uh, would you recommend that I try to max that out before I start playing with money? Um, so in that 457, that, in that 457, what kind of investment choices are you putting your money into? Uh, well, right now it's, it's in a, a retirement-based um, type of retirement. So it is like, say, you know, the S&P 500 and so on. I mean, it's, it's totally So you're doing out. it. You're doing... Exactly what uh, what we're talking about, because you are, by being in the S&P 500, you own the 500 largest yep. publicly traded stocks in the United States, which account for, in terms of overall stock market value, I think somewhere about 80% of the total Correct. value of stocks in the United States. So that is the diversification you want. And so doing that first, and then on your own, using something like Robinhood or one of the discount trading platforms, owning a small number of individual stocks, that works fine. Okay. So the base, you always start with protecting your base, which in investing is widely spreading out your money. And then from there, that's the whole idea of Explore, is that you buy specific things that really appeal to you. Andy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Andy. Hey, Clark, how are you? Great. Thank you, Andy. How can I serve you? Well, question. Um, <laughs> my wife and I, over the last really year, racked up some extra credit card debt. Um, we have a two-year-old, so of course things came up. We wanted to go on a couple of vacations. I should have said no a few times when I didn't. 
So as a result, um, our probably, I don't know, $12,000 in credit card debt that was starting to trickle down now is at about thirty-four. Whoa. So um, two things. One, I hear a lot of guilt in your voice. Yes. But I also hear a lot of taking responsibility for choices made. So as right. much as you can, let go of the guilt and just own the responsibility to improve things from here. Right, right. So 34000 so, that's a yeah. pretty serious number. What's your family income? Uh, we're right around, uh, right around 220 um, Oh, so you, we're, okay. We're, we're, so, we're not hurting by any means. So I don't want to um, belittle the debt, but I do want to say that on the income you have, you can easily turn this around and wipe right. that debt out. Right, right. I think so, too. How um, much so, per month out of that? So you're earning uh, net of taxes, what, about 14000 a month? Uh, it, ends up being, it ends up being right around ten eleven. Okay, so... Uh, after taxes. All right, so let's say um, ten. How much of that ten can you reasonably put towards the credit card debt each month? Not what I want to hear. What's reasonable for you? I think we could do around fifteen hundred. We could, I could maybe stretch it to two. Fifteen. Go um, with the fifteen. Okay. Because uh, I want you to put in an amount that you can succeed with on, on the net okay. income you have. You should be able to do the fifteen hundred. The effect of that is that you will wipe out that credit card debt if you stick to it and don't charge more to the cards. You'll wipe it out in two years. Okay. And that's any time you can pay off credit card debt in 30 months or less, it, it's just something that becomes a hassle, not a real right. threat to you financially. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and one thing, and I've been, I had a, had a couple of neighbors, friends mentioned it too, and I thought about it, was not going to anything like a debt consolidation company, because I know those are nine times out of 10 or maybe more a ripoff. Um, we're looking at either either a personal loan if it's in the five to eight percent range or a home equity loan just to get cards from 20 22 percent interest down to seven do you know what your credit scores are approximately uh, somewhere in this probably the mid to low 700s all right so what i would recommend is that you go to the platforms of lending club and prosper okay and see if you can put your debt out for bid on both of those platforms and you should be able if your credit score is where it is and what your income is um, hopefully your overall uh, debt ratios are okay you'll be able to refi into lower rates and then you're on a path that where I'm okay. telling you to pay it off in two years you know they may say okay we'll lend you money for 24 months this is what you're gonna have to pay per month and that creates the automatic discipline right Right. That's that's part of what's in my head. So that would get you that would get you the lower rate. Yeah. One thing you and your wife have to resolve is that you're gonna put the credit cards in the deep freeze. Yeah. Because if you yeah. ran this up from twelve to thirty four thousand in a blink, the way you turn that around is not using those cards. And literally I mean putting them in the deep freeze. You get one of those freezer bags, put your credit cards in it, put water in, seal it and throw it in the freezer compartment, which has the, um, the mental and psychological thing that your cards are out of your life and you will not be tempted, hopefully, to try to defrost them. 
Dale is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dale. How's it going? Good. How's Clark? I'm doing great, thank you. So, Dale, you got a question for me about a bargain site. You wanted to know if it's a lot of uh, fuss or it's real. Yeah. um, My wife and I go to Kenya at least once a year to work uh, with some uh, children's home there. And um, there's a site that was given to us called Scott's Cheap Flights. And I was just curious. You know, they've, they've got a, a free part of it, and then they've got a premium sign-up, and I'm just curious of what you know about those. And Scott's Cheap Flights like is them. completely legit, and uh, you may wait a while till you find a deal to Nairobi, but uh, I've seen them from Scott before. It's a guy named Scott Kyes. He just loves travel, and this was a hobby of his. It's developed into a business doing Scott's Cheap Flights. And there are two competitors of Scott's. One is called Next Vacay, and another one's called Dollar Flight Club. And I subscribe to all three of these because I'm a travel maniac. Right. And I may be the only person in America who subscribes, uh, paid subscription level to all three of these. But the deals that pop up uh, every day are so extreme. Finding one, two... A specific spot in Africa or wherever is it's not going to happen with regularity so you're just going to have to hope that something does pop up that Scott sees and puts up there for you yeah and that big, you know for us the biggest thing is is it's time because we don't usually necessarily travel by ourselves we've got four or five other people that travel with us and so we need people to tickets at a time and so if you're able to get a ticket at let's say half of what it would normally be the savings for six or eight people would be phenomenal and that's what's so great about these kind of services you know i take my staff on a, a reward trip each year and then we have a series of meetings on the trip and we go wherever in the world goes on sale so for us it's so much more flexible this next time we're going to Dublin, Ireland, because it went on sale. In your case has got to be so specific. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.